What does it mean to be truly cross-functional? There's a lot of talk about it, but I have a proposal that I think will make it so much easier to understand and so much easier to implement. What is it? Well, it's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Welcome back, my friends. So great to see you. I hope everybody is keeping well, not only physically, but also mentally, emotionally. You know what? I don't mean to date this episode, but we're in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. And I want to make sure that everyone here is doing okay. One of the ways we're doing that is by simply holding court twice a week, Monday at 7 p.m. EST, Wednesday at noon, so that you can jump on, be heard, number one, and number two, be part of a solution fixing what we can control so that we don't spend all our time just sitting there worrying about what we can't. All right, I want to talk to you about one element of cross-functional teamwork. And you know, this applies in a work-from-home environment as much as it ever has. So dig in with me, but first let's remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There are so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a truly unique and unstoppable force in this industry. Guys, if this helps you, tell your friends. All right. When we think about cross-functionality in Scrum and Agile teams, There's a great opportunity for misuse and abuse. I think because it's a weird concept, we do it wrong. Cross-functionality is often described as anyone can muck in, meaning that one of the ways that agility is meant to smooth over the bumps in productivity and workflow is not to have flow jammed up when too many requests exceed one person's capacity to process them, right? So the sense is you can look over to the developer and say, hey, what can I take off your plate? Let me grab some of that. Well, when you look at it that way, it creates a couple of problems in practice. Number one, not everyone on the team can code, and that has to be okay. And perhaps some of the originating situations that spawned the creation of Agile, I can only imagine that there was a time when smaller teams might very well have all been developers. I mean, we've all been on teams where the developer, the BA, The tester is all the same person. But as I've said many times, as Agile grows, spreads, and scales, it's harder to live up to some of these principles. So we can't expect a team to be made up of people with such broad skills that everyone can do a little coding. It's probably not going to happen. So what do we do? We tend to ignore the benefits, the mindsets, and the practices of cross-functionality. The other thing that we do to it is to say, well, everyone can test Everyone can theoretically become a BA, so why don't we be cross-functional in those areas? Well, again, it's not a bad idea, but one of the problems that comes up from that is that you can only benefit from being cross-functional during those phases, if we can call them that, of a sprint. So only when you're doing BA work or testing work can we really leverage the ability to have multiple people working on a single thing. It's especially useful in the case of testing. But in reality, to have tons of support 
and many hands on deck only when we're at the testing phase is not really helpful, not really the intention of cross-functionality. So what then is the best way to be cross-functional on a team? Here's the secret. Learn how to ask for help. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your role is. It doesn't matter what you're working on. By simply having a practice of putting your hand up and saying, I'm stuck, I'm behind, I need help, especially if you take my advice and fire your flares early, meaning don't wait until you're overwhelmed or your inability to cope reaches the last minute condition of I'm about to be late, right? If you ask for help early and often, then the rest of your team may not be developers or they may not be experienced testers or experienced BAs. And by the way, I should add that both testing and analysis are not quote-unquote simple skills that anyone can do and therefore make great candidates for being cross-functional. They're really hard to do right, just like development. But anyway, if you stick your hand up early and often, everyone in the room has got some overlapping skill. For example, I can't code, but if you needed me to compile something, you could probably teach me how to press a button, watch for errors, and then hit the check-in button when I'm done. Maybe asking for help simply means bringing everyone in the room together, doing a full stop, and saying, hey, I'm struggling to keep up with the work. I'm worried we won't be able to hit the deadline. Everyone can sit there with you and replan, reprioritize the work, or have a discussion with a product owner to renegotiate MVP. But the point is, if you don't ask for that help, you're doing the whole thing alone. You're suffering alone. You're sweating alone. And you're stressing alone if it looks like you're going to miss a deadline. Or if you can't work efficiently and still deliver quality. See, to me, a cross-functional team means that maybe I can't do what you do, but I can add fresh perspective. I can add support. I can take on a piece. I can learn a simple part of a skill and help lighten the load for you. If nothing else, I can take on other stuff. I can grab you a coffee and save you 10 minutes out of your day. I can help you document. I can sit in on your code review. We are not as siloed skill-wise as you think, and it's dangerous in the technology industry to treat it as though we should be. You should be able to go to anyone on your team, teach them how to review, let's say, your comments in 10 minutes, and then ask them to help you do it. If there's some support documentation or training material that needs to be created, anyone in the room can at least help you get started. But let me ask you this. How often do we fail to ask for help? Why is it so hard for us to put up our hands and say, guys, I'm struggling, when in reality, it's the most important thing that we do as part of a team? The way I trained up, the minute you feel like it's too much, the minute you start to feel a twitch of anxiety or uncertainty, the minute you've spent 20 minutes on something that should have taken five, or worse, three hours on something that should have taken 15 minutes, you should be firing your flares and asking for help. So what is it? Is it the shame? Is it embarrassment? Is it ego that keeps us for asking? Well, whatever it is, it's also keeping you from being cross-functional. Do you get it? Because until you ask, nobody knows that you need help. And one could argue, well, we should have figured that out in sprint planning. No, no, no. See, the times you need the help the most are the times when things go 
off plan. I'll be honest with you, it's a tough behavior to change because there seems to be so much emotion and so much of our sense of self and pride attached to asking for help. We tend to think of it as failure. So if you're a scrum master, a coach, or a leader of any kind, how can you get your teams to ask for help more often? Well, the first thing you do is during, you know, whenever you meet on a cadence, whether it's your stand-up or whether you set a timer for 11.40 a.m. every day, it doesn't matter. Once or twice a day, just go around the room and say, who needs help? Now, that might not be enough if you're particularly new and particularly stuck in that ego space of asking for help equals failure. So try this instead. Go around the room and say, where can we help to each and every person? You can even make a rule says everyone has to give me one thing. So think of it as a set of training wheels you could install during, let's say, daily stand-up. So everyone goes around. First up is Sarah. And Sarah says, you know, here's my promises for yesterday. Here's what happened. Here's my promises for today. And here are my blockers. So switch the script on that last one and say, here are my blockers and I need some help with it. That takes the pressure off the individual to figure out what kind of help they need or how someone can help, but rather just to throw a flag and say, I could use a hand with this and have that be okay. Then after the stand-up or the survey is over, people who have cycles without knowing specifically what the ask is can just swarm around the problem and figure it out together. Let's remember something important about people today. One of the reasons why asking for help can be hard is because we don't want others solving our problems for us. So at the same time you train your teams to ask for help, train them on how to respond with help, which is to ask the question, how can I help? And then shut your mouth and listen. And if the person who's asking doesn't know how you can help, then offer to brainstorm together. All right, what are some things that might work? If you have ideas, bring the ideas. It's like, hey, I used to be a SQL tester, so could I help with the database part? Fantastic. But you got to train people not to try to solve the other person's problem by telling them what to do and how to do it. Rather, have them roll up their sleeves and figure it out together. When you approach it this way, guys, that the easiest way to be cross-functional is to learn how to ask for help and how to offer help, then we get into the mindset that cross-functionality means everyone in the room can code, but instead, everyone in the room can solve. Everyone in the room can brainstorm. Everyone in the room can troubleshoot. And everyone in the room has special superpowers that they bring to every situation. And all it takes is a willingness to ask, a willingness to listen, and some creativity to truly Leverage those superpowers. I'm noticing more and more, especially in work from home times, that we're hidden behind the camera. So when we're in trouble and we're struggling, we keep our mouths shut. So try settling these techniques into your team practice this week. Create a culture of asking for help and see if it positively impacts your flow. All right, guys, that's it for today. As always, you can find me at badassagile.com on Twitter at badass underscore agile. And don't forget to join in on these COVID-19 events. I look forward to seeing you there. And until then, stay healthy, stay badass. Badass.